What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. If you do not do so already, please give me a follow on Instagram at English Encore Podcast. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. While you're there, you can also click in my bio and f- also throw a follow to the 42 North 78 West Sports Show. Alex, Sebastian, and Kevin do a great job. I've done a few collaborations with them. I'm hoping to do get them on my show next week. We're going to get something set up with them. I've been on their show a few times, so go check them out. Today, I'm going to be going into some Buffalo Sabres hockey. A lot of Buffalo Sabres fans, I think, left these last four games more confused than anything after watching this team play. And over the next two Mondays, I'm going to be going over my top 10 Bills plays this season. Maybe not necessarily, you know, highlight plays, but just a play that had significance um, or just a game in general had significance. So I'm going to be doing 10 through 6 today, and I'll be doing 1 through 5, or excuse me, 5 through 1 next Monday there will not be a show on Friday this week. I'll be taking a short break, but I will be back next Monday. But getting right into it, the Buffalo Sabres are struggling. Um, Sam Reinhart went down with an injury a few games ago. Everyone's hoping he will be back tomorrow against the Islanders. The Islanders have been playing some really good hockey. The Sabres haven't been terrible over their last four games, but definitely not great. They were able to beat the Rangers 3-2 to in regulation, and then they lost their next game 3-2 to in overtime on a Alexis Lafreniere first NHL goal. Then they were able to secure a win against New Jersey Devils 4-3 to in a shootout, and then they lost yesterday 5-3 to the Devils, where the Devils really just outplayed them the entire game. And I think a lot of fans are generally just confused about this team right now because... If you go by analytics Twitter, um, you know, it's showing that the Sabres are getting A-plus scoring chances, that their defensive numbers are up, that once Eichel and Hall kind of start clicking, that this team is going to be on the right trajectory. There's no reason to panic. Um, It's very hard to judge because it is just the beginning of the season. We're only 10 games in. The Sabres are 4-4-2, so they've got 10 points in 10 games. They are getting a point a game. At the same time, I'm just... They do a lot of things that frustrate me. It's very clear that there still isn't a ton of line chemistry. Ralph Kruger's been changing the lines almost every other game. Taylor Hall has been struggling. Jack Eichel, even though he's putting up a good amount of points, he's having trouble finding the back of the net. Jeff Stinner still hasn't gotten a goal. Um, I really like the Stahl-Cousins-Hall line. I think they've been playing really well. Olofsson and Middlestat playing with Eichel I just don't think works. Hopefully Reinhardt will be back. And then they just need to go, as many people know, I've always wanted Jeff Skinner in the top six. But I think at this point, based on the way he's been playing, even though I don't love him on the Curtis Lazar line, he has been producing some great A scoring chances there. And he's been playing a lot better there than on other lines. The Oposo and Eakin line has been awful. They get crushed every single game defensively. And the reason I'm a little bit concerned about the Sabres is at the beginning of the season, all of their defensive core was outplaying, you know, what I think everyone thought 
um, at the beginning of the year that they would play. Brandon Montour and Colin Miller have been awful the last three games. I'm really hoping Will Borgen gets a shot at the lineup tomorrow. I think it's a well-needed change. Even Jake McCabe and Ristolainen, even though they're both playing pretty well, I think you're starting to see little bits of last year in them in their bad defensive play. And for a team that went out in the offseason, I think Kevin Adams did a good job of bringing in guys like Hall, Eric Stahl, Eakin, Reeder, all these guys. It just really hasn't worked right now. Their penalty kill, I'm just very confused what they're trying to run. The power play has been good so far, but it seems like for every four power plays we get, we're going to score on one, but then the other three, we just look atrocious. We can't get the puck in the zone. I hate that we dump the puck in on a power play. Like The amount of skill players we have on this team, there's absolutely zero reason why even on your second unit, Dylan Cousins, Eric Stahl, Jeff Skinner, even Rasmus Ristolainen, whoever it may be, can carry the puck in over the zone. I just frankly don't get it. Linus Allmark has been playing stellar. I think you need to ride him for as long as you can because even though Carter Hutton did take a lot of crap on social media um, yesterday for, you know, four goals before the empty netter, a few of them really weren't on him. It was bad defensive play, but at the same time, he did let in two really bad goals. And it's just one of those you can't rely on him um, throughout this season that Allmark's going to have to be your guy. And it's only 10 games in, so I really don't want to panic. But there's also going to be a sense of urgency here over these next 10 games. You're playing some tough opponents. You're going up against the Islanders, followed by the Bruins, Capitals, then Islanders again. So you're in a really tough stretch here, and Buffalo's going to have to start putting some games together. There have been games where they flashed brilliant, and they're scoring a lot of goals. And there's been, you know, the past few games where even though they're scoring three, four goals, they're having trouble winning because of how bad they're playing defensively. It all comes down to them locking in defensively, starting to get production from their top guys. Their secondary scoring's been there throughout most of the year. It's time for Eichel, Hall, Skinner, all these top money makers to score. Kyle Oposo, I just think, needs to not play as much. He is detrimental when he's on the ice. Tage Thompson, I think, needs to sit on the taxi squad. Casey Middlestad has been playing fairly well in the few games he's played in. And these next few games, especially against the Islanders, who are a very good defensive team, I think it's going to show you a lot um, about this Sabres squad in general. Like I said, I don't want, I didn't want to do any rants or anything until, you know, 14, 15 games in. So after this Boston series, I think I'm going to have a real, you know, assessment of how this team is going to be going, excuse me, is going forward this year. And we have to start putting together some regulation wins because getting points is obviously important. But when we're going to overtimes and shootouts like every other game lately, you're giving the other team points. And if you're losing in those, you're missing out on another point. You have to start collecting regulation wins if you really want to jump in the standings. I mean, you look at four of their last five games. They've gone to a shootout three times, overtime once, and then one regulation win. That has to change. I think it starts with playing Linus Allmark as many games as possible, getting Sam Reinhart back, and starting to get some line chemistry down and having consistency up and down the lineup, both offensively and defensively, continuing to click on the power play when it's needed, staying out of the box. They've been taking way too many penalties these last few games. And then, like I said, I think the biggest key is starting to get scoring from your big-time guys, and I think the Sabres will be um, in good shape. Like I said, it's a long season, but... um, I think 
right now Sabres fans should be a little bit optimistic because they're clearly playing better than last year, but they're still showing signs of bad defensive play and are struggling at times on offense. So I understand why Sabres fans can be skeptic, and after these past four games, there's a lot more question marks than there is answers right now. But overall, I think it's got to be patient, which is really tough to do when they haven't made the playoffs in so long. But I think we want to wait out these next four to six really important games before making an accurate um, judgment of them. And then closing out today's set, or show, a little bit of a shorter episode today, but we're going to be going through 10 through 6 on top 10 Bills plays this year. Um, starting off with number 10, the Isaiah McKenzie punt return versus the Miami Dolphins in week 17. You know, special teams touchdowns are always just cool to watch. It was the first one the Bills had on the year. It was also just funny because Andre Roberts had come so close so many times of breaking one um, and just couldn't do it. And then Isaiah McKenzie steps in and clearly gets a lot more snaps because it's week 17 and we wanted to rest most of our starters. And he goes out and has a day. He had three total touchdowns. But that punt return was just kind of stamped the Bills season in a great way, going into the playoffs, keeping the team hot, and you know just showing his worth. And I also think it was a big play because it starts making you wonder, which I talked about last week, about McKenzie and Roberts. If you keep one or the other or let both go, um, and I think that's a play right there that you can see that McKenzie is just as valuable in the return game. But I think special teams plays, like I said, especially touchdowns are always cool. So I have them at number 10. Number 9, I have the Stephon Diggs touchdown versus the Indianapolis Colts in the wild card playoffs. You know, it wasn't anything flashy. It was a great deep ball by Josh. It was just one of those that at that point in the game when you needed to make a play, the Bills did. The whole stadium was rocking. It finally felt almost normal um, at a Bills game this year, which this year was farthest thing from normal. And just that touchdown gave the Bills so much life and so much to look forward to between Allen and Diggs going forward. And it was just a very big play in that game. Um, not that there weren't big plays uh, that had to be had later in the game, but overall, I think that play was exceptional. Josh connecting on a deep ball, which he was criticized for a ton last year. And then, you know, Diggs being the best receiver in the NFL this year, at least statistic-wise, going out and making a huge play when the team needed him. Number eight, I have Josh Allen's rushing touchdown for Seattle. Honestly, this play has more to do with what happened after the game than the play itself. So, you know, a fake pitch. Um, on an end around and then Josh kind of just does a QB draw to the outside and runs it in does the little football um, thing and then points to the sky so it wasn't until after the game that Bills fans found out that Josh Allen's grandmother had passed away um, the night before so going out and playing the way he did that game out dueling Russell Wilson um, it was kind of just poetic justice for Josh to get that touchdown at the end of the game. Like I said, it's not the most flashy play, but I think on the season, Bills fans can really appreciate how important um, that moment probably was for him and for the team. You know, that was also a big statement game for a hot Seattle team versus an MVP at that time, Russell Wilson. And the Bills really just put their foot down, and Josh had an unreal game. And I think that was just a big moment for him. Number seven, I have the Tyler Croft touchdown versus the Rams. That game just had so many weird plays happen. You could have went with the Stephon Diggs touchdown over Jalen Ramsey. Um, 
Nicole Beasley catch before Croft's touchdown um, on that third and 22 where they were able to convert it was obviously a bigger play um, probably in retrospect because this touchdown wouldn't have happened. But a really long year, I think, for Tyler Croft. A big play for him. He had two touchdowns in the game. This is a game where I think the Bills kind of showed their identity of what they were going to be going forward. Josh alluded it multiple, this game multiple times throughout the course of the year. This was kind of a turning point in their season because of how much they were up by. You know, the Rams come storming back. They go down in this game, and then they're able to put together a big drive and win the game with a Tyler Croft touchdown on a really well-designed play. Um, I think that was pretty much a staple of the Bills' season. You know. If the Bills lose that game, you never know which way it can go. The Bills could come back from it and continue to play well the rest of the year, or you can go into a tailspin. Um, it's plays like that. It's plays like the DeAndre Hopkins, Hail Mary. Plays like that can really define your season, and I think the Bills did a great job of coming back from this after you know being up really a ton of points early on in that game before squandering the lead. And then the final play I'm going to be going over today before I do my 5-1 through one next week. Number six, I have Stephon Diggs catch first the Raiders. And big reason why I have this so high is not only is it an unreal throw and catch, Josh actually probably would have had Diggs if he would have been able to put a better ball on him. Not the ball was bad, but he could have let him a little bit more and probably had a walk-in touchdown. That play kind of you know, gave every Bills fan the confidence, probably Josh Allen the confidence, and kind of made a statement around the league of that is why you go out and get a receiver like Stephon Diggs. When was the last time the Bills had a wide receiver that was able to go up and make a play like that? You have to go back to the Lee Evans, the Eric Moulds of the world. You know, Sammy Watkins would make a play like that here and there, but for Diggs to do it on a consistent basis throughout the whole year, it was early on in the season, a very tough environment to play in in Vegas, new stadium. You know, Vegas was very good at that time. They were coming off, or they were, no, they beat the Chiefs um, early on in the season in the shootout. So this wasn't like a walkover game for the Bills. They had to go through some adversity this game. Josh had gotten banged up early, um, and that catch was a huge turning point in the game. And it just solidified Brandon Bean's move to trade that first-round pick and go out and get him. And at that point, you know, Diggs had settled himself into the offense a bit, but it wasn't like it was towards the end of the season when you really started to see Josh and him click, and he was going for a lot of touchdowns, getting six-plus receptions in almost every single game. He was still getting his feet wet. He wasn't having a ton of big plays early on. That was This was week four, um, and it was a huge game for the Bills to really solidify themselves going forward as one of the AFC powerhouses. And Diggs just went up, mossed a guy, made an insane play, um, and it was really a big turning point in that game that led to a touchdown drive. And I think it was just an awesome play to watch in general. It takes a lot of skill, and I think it was probably one of the top 10 plays for the Bills this season. Like I said, a little bit of a shorter episode today with the Bills season ending. Um, and you know, the Sabres season just kind of beginning and not a ton of sports going on. As far as Buffalo goes, a lot of college basketball has been getting canceled. You know, Canisius is entering another quarantine period. Um, UB hasn't been playing that well. St. Bonaventure though, shout out to them. I'll be talking about them probably next week, Monday. They've been having an unreal year. They should probably be getting in the top 25 very soon. Same thing with Niagara. They've been kind of in and out of COVID, 
um, and quarantining as well. So get we'll get to some more Bills and Sabres stuff as these episodes progress throughout the year. Um, I also don't want to just rush all into free agency um, trades and mock drafts and stuff right away. I want to save some content um, towards more towards the draft and the free agency period, kind of let things settle in, kind of enjoy the Bills year in general, and kind of just play along here with the Sabres and see how they do, and hopefully they can keep the good juju going in Buffalo. But like I said, that's going to do it for today's episode. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. No episode on Friday. I'll be back again next Monday. Just taking a little bit of time off and grinding a lot, putting about two episodes each and every week. So I appreciate everyone for the support. As always, like I said, give me a follow on Instagram, Ang English Angler Podcast. I'm doing a collab next week, 42 North, 78 West Show. So stay tuned for that. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.